0: Yeah. No, I didn't think about the introduction, we made that up. <laughs> yeah. Hello and welcome to the Co podcast. My name is Matthew Yassin, a director in the structured finance team. Hello, I'm Andrew Robinson, I'm CEO of Co. The team here at Co. thought we'd put together a podcast to illustrate the thoughts and feelings that are going through the commercial finance world today what we'd like to achieve is get to understand better some industry figureheads and get to know their journey that they've been on over the last 10 to 15 years. And secondly, we'd like to understand where the industry is going an education of the next generation in the financial services sector. And conclusively, we'd like you to rate, review and subscribe and tell all your colleagues as this will help us spread the message that we want and educate others. And most important of all, please enjoy listening to Andrew and I talk about the financial world. Well, welcome to our 2020 podcast. Uh, We're joined here today by Norman Chambers, uh, Managing Director of NACFB. I'll be talking to Norman in more depth about the NACFB uh, and where we think the future of our industry is. Um, So Norman, just to the benefit of our listeners who don't know uh, who the NACFB
1: are, can you tell us a little bit more about you and what they're trying to achieve? Of course i can Uh, delighted to be taking part in this podcast as well with ark and co and yourself andrew so the national association of commercial finance brokers is now 27 years young we are a wholly independent commercial trade body that encompasses not just commercial finance brokers but leasing assets factoring motor vehicle finance and invoice discounting people as well albeit the number of firms we have is over a thousand and ninety firms which equates to about 1,900 brokers and 70% of that uh, makeup is on the commercial side. Um, the NACFB is all about being the, uh, covering the whole of market, looking to support its brokers and its members in terms of increasing the amount of funding to the SME market and I'm happy to expand upon that a little bit more. But our ethos is about raising standards across the broker market, um, working collaboratively with all our stakeholders, including our 140 plus patrons.
0: And um, you said, there's just a clarity there, you said before about commercial uh, funding. Do you mean commercial property finance? Uh, because you said a different areas, asset finance,
1: you mean commercial property finance. Yes, Andrew. So across our um, broker community, 70% of our brokers look at the commercial uh, mortgage market. So they will look after things like commercial mortgages, development finance, the property investment sign and buy to let, Mezzanine bridging finance. So that's that. Yeah, that's whole of the market. Okay, and can you um, where, or can you outline
0: where you think the gaps are? You know, where we are in this industry now, and where we think we're going uh, together. You know, with your partners, but also NACFB, Where do you
1: think we're going in the future? So I think in the fu- I think the future is rosy. Um, our latest publication um, shows us that the NSCFB members from last year actually wrote more business and the sound bites are that they suggest that they're going to do even more um, next year. So, you know, to recap on that, 76% of our members say they wrote more and looking to do more again next year. For the future, um, this is all I believe around how the market's changing in terms of technology. Um, The NSCFB prides itself on that face-to-face experience, particularly for some of the bigger ticket deals, but we must embrace um, the FinTech challenges. Um, We must embrace um, um, AI, and I believe that going forward, that's what the SME market will demand from us as well. So, working collaboratively with our patrons in terms of embracing those changes will, in fact, support us, I believe, in the future. One of the, the call outs for, for the NACFB is to increase the level of engagement this year. We want to build on the previous 12 months, making sure that we're talking to more of our members be it the one-person small firms, be it the larger firms like Ark Co and some of our larger networks as well. As well as that, engage with our funders. We would certainly welcome perhaps the funders, um, if they wanted to start up some form of academy to encourage more education in the sector, we would certainly want to support that. 2020 sees the NSCFB launch um, its own trading, uh, training and development. Um, why we've never had that before, I don't know. Um, but this is a great chance for us to um, host some webinars. Our CEO, Graham Toy, will be launching that over the next couple of months, where there will be topics such as interpretation of um, financial instruments and accounts, as well as walking people through the canons of lending. I'm sure you'll remember Campari and Ice, Andrew. Well, that's, that's taken me back a few years.
0: Quite a few interesting points there, Norman. Um, you know, the industry, as I said, I've been in the industry 20 years, and this industry has completely different changed since You're 20 well, years Andrew. ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, but, you know, just to go back to 2001, and one, two time, and this is mortgages, not even commercial and development. Mortgages, you would simply get an application form, fax it over to a lender, uh, call them up and instruct a valuation and maybe send in some pay slips. Obviously, that's all changed on the mortgage side. If we focus on the commercial and development side, that market was uh, very much uh, consumer to lender. And it wasn't uh, the middle stream market or the, the intermediary market hadn't developed. And you know, what we've seen in the, in, in the last um, you know, 19, 20 years is a complete change there. But in the last 10 years, the rapid growth uh, of the commercial and devel- development sector. And why do you think that is?
1: I think that the regulation was inevitable to actually start to touch um, the commercial side. Um, and I believe that actually, if you move a little bit on from 2000 and 2002, the residential mortgage market um, became regulated quite heavily. Um, and there was a direction of travel from the FCA that they wanted people to be qualified in that arena. Um, the same has happened in the insurance market as well. Now, if we fast forward on to 2014, that's when the commercial market got captured under regulation. Now, whilst we might challenge ourselves that, only, that 80% of the business that our commercial uh, members operate in is out of scope, i.e. dealing with limited companies and corporates, the 99% of our members are all FCA authorised and that's great because that enables them to actually introduce business to all, all sectors. I think the way that the market's changed, I think there's been a lot of pressure around um, consumer detriment. And whilst the commercial market um, has taken a little bit of time to adjust to that, our term of consumer is sole traders, partnerships of three or less. However, when we are actually interacting with our corporate clients, our, our company directors, we must remember that if we are FCA authorised and regulated, the direction of travel is that we we must also ensure that we treat those clients exactly the same as we would treat an sole trader. Um, what's interesting and hot off the press, I guess, is the changes in the AML, um, picking up on your point, Andrew, around sending across the old days of faxes of things for pay slips and... Uh, you know, faxed application forms through. You still have to have a fax number
0: for the FCA regulation.
1: Well, our fax machine <laughs> hasn't worked for a while. It's got dust on, but it's still there. <laughs> but what's changed now, bringing things right up to date, is that if you're FCA authorised and regulated, you are now able to submit under anti-money laundering laws um, electronic proof. So you no longer need to provide a photocopy of a passport or the latest um, utility bill to uh, to demonstrate some of the AML checks. Now they they're you know, expects you to actually use much more electronic methods, which are available out there, and I think that shows in its work in its same way how things are changing. Um, through the NACFB, we work with Smart Search, uh, which is a quite a robust facility to support our members with that. But I think the final point, Andrew, about why do you think that's changed? I think there was a necessity to ensure that there is protection out there um, for the consumer or for all clients by us being in captured by regulation. Which, by the way, is you know hasn't got a reverse gear. There's going to be more of this as time comes. If we dovetail that with the education that the NSCFB can provide, that will ensure that all NSCFB members provide great service to our clients. Um, what does disturb me are the number of people that are not regulated in the marketplace and some of the advice that's been um, you know given to the SME community.
0: That's going for I completely agree with you uh, uh, on that point. Um, uh, if you look at, I've got it written down here, fragmented market. Right? So if you're in a mortgage market, you have to have full mortgage permissions. You're in the commercial and development market. Um, in one way, it's optional. And some lenders uh, will continue to deal with unregulated brokers, uh, which there's some very good ones out there. Uh, but also it doesn't help with uh, uh, regards to advice in there. Do you see that lenders and uh, the FCA are going to start working closer together, or the FCA working with the lenders on that sector? And how does the NACFB sit in with that? Do you uh, uh, liaise directly with the FCA?
1: Well, it's it's a very good point, Andrew, and it's um, something that the NACFB has been beating the drum on for some time. So one of my, to coin a a small phrase at the moment in terms of there's still a lot of liquidity in the market. And I am very concerned that sometimes no matter how bad the deal is, there'll be a broker just as perhaps susceptible to that. And then worse still, there'll be a funder that will actually fund that deal. So when we interact with the the regulator, we are calling for fair and transparency across all markets. Um, We know that the um, high street lenders um, are governed very, very closely by the regulator and the PRA. Um, it's something that we would like, we would welcome across um, all sectors. However, you know, the rules are the rules. If there are things that are out of scope, then I understand why funders wouldn't see themselves as regulated. However, when a broker is interacting, given that the NCAP brokers are 99% um, authorised by the FCA, there is a requirement by the funders, whether they're regulated or not, to ensure that those practices are, are followed through
0: yeah right. okay moving forward um we've also got tom tom savile here uh who's a younger part of our commercial and development team how you doing tom very well thanks Very uh, well. i thought it's very important to have you in here to get a um a kind of uh, an understanding from your side uh about uh you know uh, the next generation so um you know, you're only, you're mid-twenties and uh, you're new into the financial services or relatively new into it. Uh, But, you know, I'd like now to get your kind of understanding of the younger generation in financial services. So um, if you hold that a second, I'll just come back to Norman and just say, um, what do you think the financial services industry needs to attract younger people like Tom?
1: I think that what's... as I said I'll go back to my earlier point. I think I would welcome working with stronger collaboration with their funders to perhaps set up an academy to encourage young people to come to come through. However, I do believe there's a natural progression of this. Um, the latest. Um, survey results from our members in the latest edition of the magazine does demonstrate that there is a bit of a change and there are some more younger generation coming through but Tom I don't suppose you remember things like VHS cassettes or faxes and that type of thing he's <laughs> <laughs> seen uh, a fax machine know. he
0: didn't understand it <laughs> but certainly
1: the SMEs I know from you know um, my son and, and, and other people that I know that you know there's a lot of things that I might refer to um, that just in the past so I, I believe that it will it will drive um, the market to change. I talked earlier about artificial intelligence. I talked about um, the FinTech markets. In the future, the SMEs will want to, they'll demand that they're looked after in a different way. Now, the beauty of having a younger generation coming through is that you can learn from the elders within the industry around the importance of that face-to-face contact, but you'll also have sufficient knowledge, I think, Tom, in terms of, you know, the, the, the things that are available via the internet and how we can embrace technology.
2: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with what you've just said, Norman. Um, I mean, for myself, what attracted me to work for a company like Co is that it's got the, kind of the brand recognition, the track record of a fast, dynamic company who are adapting with the technological changes which you've just outlaid to be able to be at the forefront um, of the industry and give clients real-time Uh, up-to-date information, which is, uh, I personally think, quite exciting. I mean, what we're trying to do is to be able to offer our clients the right information, and whether that be through external regulatory bodies like yourself, the educational background, which ARK and Co. support, would supports you. um, I just think with that comes the empowerment to make your own decision, given on the facts that we do have the educational backgrounds to be able to... to provide to the clients also um makes it quite exciting and i do think empowerment is a big factor which excites people to be able to make their own decision rather than becoming a clog in the chain or the will however you'd like to put it and yeah i just think um being able to make your own decision stand up for yourself and also have the reassurance that sometimes young the younger people do make mistakes and it's to know where those mistakes are derived from and how you're going to fix in the future, which I also think, um, like you say, no one's perfect, mistakes are made, but as to how you react to them, um, which are going to benefit you in the long run. And I think having the support, um, I do think the market that we're in is constantly evolving um, and being able to be at the forefront of that means I I think that's what, what will attract um, younger people to the industry. I think you'll get left behind as well. If if you don't embrace yeah, it, you'll get left I behind. Agree, yeah. So,
1: you know, where you've talked about being at the forefront, absolutely right. And our members, our funders that are not at the forefront of this, embracing the changes that are coming through, you will get left behind um, in terms of, you know, if you want to continue to um, embrace everything, you know, run a very successful business, help SMEs, you're going to have to, to have to change. And the best way around that is attracting a younger generation like yourself, Tom, through the funders, through our broker arms. Um, there are a number of key firms at the NSCFB as, around about 37 um, similar sized firms to Ark & Co. that are absolutely at the forefront of wanting to, you know, take on more people, um, develop changes, learn new ideas, because um, there are some things that, some, that Andrew and I are way behind in terms of what's happening <laughs> out there in the, in the big wide world.
0: That's where I ask Tom. <laughs> he advises me. I mentor him. He mentors me. It <laughs> works well together. Um, Tom, just on an NACFB an you know, and the portal that they provide, yeah, uh, and the
2: support. How important do you think that is? Well, I think um, it is important because you're getting supported by two different parties. You've got your internal um, team around you, the team ethos who are willing to help you, but you've also got that benchmark standard which the NACFB provides in terms of exams to make sure that you're aware of not only the regulatory um, standards but also um, how to approach different scenarios which the NACFB provides. So I think it's very important and it keeps everyone on their tiptoes to be able to realise what's happening in the current market Um, and it's just another layer of support which uh, the younger generation might need. Although we are new to the industry, we've also got to fend for ourselves. And it's just another added layer that if um, it's just support, which I totally agree with.
1: I mean, what we're hoping for, Tom, is we've refreshed our events this year, our events calendar. So traditionally, when the NSCB ran events for its members, they were focused around um, specific subject matters within Um, The commercial industry such as commercial mortgages buy-to-let that type of thing this year We've broadened that to include things like hospitality manufacturing construction Now what that will bring Tom is for people like you to attend that not only will we have our funders presence but experts from the SME market talking as well around what the clients Expect from a broker what they expect from the funder and I think from that that just is another level of engaging in the wider community um, we've been also very keen to share this with the British Business Bank. Um, we are looking to um, operate in more parts of the country to to increase the the brand awareness.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, what you just said there—it's just that the exposure that I'm getting to the different um, segments of the industry, such as the lenders, the valuers, the uh, the, the lawyers—I just think it's just is it is it's exciting. I mean. Um, you're not just confined in just one little space, you're just out there, open there and your, your knowledge is always evolving each day as it comes because you're getting the exposure to the different, different parties out there who are involved with a transaction. There's a, there's a, um,
0: a story here with Tom, So um, we're talking about recruitment and how people come in. Uh, Tom actually uh, emailed me and then called me direct. So, no recruitment agent, nothing. Why did you do that, Tom? Why did you want to come? Not just Ark and go, but why did you want to come in this industry?
2: Well, I just think um, I, I had a completely irrelevant background to what I'm doing at the moment. I was in the insurance industry and I just couldn't see the right career path. So, being someone young and ambitious, I just thought I needed to get out there um, and try something brand new. And the only way to do that is to talk to the right people at the top of. The top of at the top of the companies try and skip out the try skip out the hr departments because yeah. that's a long um process so gave andrew a call um and then we went from there so it was quite nice i don't know whether i should be saying this but i did a bit of training before um i arrived at ark and co um and i think overlapped which what you meant, which so. with my existing <laughs> employer um don't know whether I should be saying that yeah, too no, or not. But you did it out of hours, and uh, of it, hours, that's an um, important part. So, you, um, so it's like, so instead of coming on the job as a complete novice, I actually had some training, and I kind of knew what I was doing before I started the job, which I think put me in a little bit of a um, more advanced place than what someone else would have done. Um, with another company. So um, I think it's really
0: important to do if we just go on. You know, many different businesses have different ways. Uh, but when you're bringing younger people through, especially when you're an SME or we're, you know, we're a small company. You know, so we can't carry big grad schemes uh, or, you know, a big uh, uh, workforce. So what Tom's alluding to there is uh, because he wasn't in the industry or have any exams before we spent we set out uh, a path and go for the different subject matters commercial finance development finance bridging finance and we do uh, workshops before so tom came in after his work uh, and uh, sit down generally an hour each time to educate him in the different subject matters before he starts Uh, And that is, it goes back to, we've got education portals, you know, on uh, NACFB, that are out there in the uh, everywhere, or you can read textbooks. But realistically, unless you're going to learn from people with experience in the market, it's very hard to progress them. Uh, And then you you end up becoming um, uh, part of a a team which is just analysing stuff. And it's not bringing out people's Uh, um, you know like uh, advice and and to me I'm going to ask you a question now Tom what do you specifically like about this
2: industry it gives you that kind of buzz I mean it's the I think first and foremost what Andrew was alluding to is that um, the educational support I think most young ambitious people they try to run before they can walk which I myself I was in that in that position I wanted to get out there and just Get on with it but i do not think that's the right approach i think the educational support um learning on the job listening to people in the office how they're trying to deal with a scenario i think it's more important than actually going full guns blazing and then just essentially cocking up you actually want to know what you're talking about before you actually start giving the advice um i think it took me i think nine to twelve months before i was fully on my feet um and being able to advise clients in the right way, which I only did that through uh, the support team, um, the people in the office, the team ethos, um, and yeah, look, um, without that support, um, I wouldn't be where I am today. So I do think that is a very important factor.
1: Um, No, that's a testament to you as well, Tom, and how you've embraced that. I know through the NACFB, we've had some informal mentoring going across different different uh, parts of our broker network. So only just recently there was a a new member that joined us in the north of England, um, just was calling out for some more help and more education. And we were able to put them in contact with an experienced broker um, where they could sort of meet up frequently. Uh, And from what I'm aware, that's gone down very, very well. And that's something we would like to sort of encourage a little bit more so that there is a sort of a mentoring programme as well going on. Um but we all know that our members are incredibly busy. But, you know, I think the key thing is not to forget that what's the business that we're engaged with is very much a contact sport and it's how you complement everything. I do not believe you can you can beat a face to face meeting, um, or that interaction with others that have experienced no, that type of thing. But at the same time it needs to be balanced, um, with the educational material as well as what's coming down the track in terms of um some of the things we can say. Yeah, so, well, to get the most out of this industry
0: the biggest problem well what you said Norman is, is it's a relationship game. Commercial and development finance is a relationship business. To bring those brokers through there has to be that element of trust sometimes to let them run uh, and what you have to put in the mentoring the coaching uh, and the, uh, the shadowing of them will enable them to uh, advise those clients and to me The quicker you can get them doing that, obviously it's better for the business, uh, but you have to have structured programs to get them uh, uh, to that point. And I asked you a question earlier, Tom, is what do you get the best out or what's the best thing you get out of this industry? Now, I'll answer it for myself, is the helping a client, uh, be it in commercial development, bridging, we're talking property finance here, acquire an asset uh, or um, uh, build an asset or renovate one, to me it's the most uh, satisfying thing because you finance someone's business. And then what people forget quite often in property is it's a tangible asset. So you can actually walk past it and say, you know, I funded that. So you can actually see what your work and advice goes into. And that's what I love about this industry.
2: Yeah, well, no, I agree with what you're saying. I think the biggest satisfaction I get for myself is, advising the client let's just say he's got a development he's building 10 houses and he's come to you with this proposition of this is how i'm going to structure it but with your own um, experience you can just by look if we structure it slightly differently this is the potential savings that you can make in terms of the interest payable etc so i think being able to i wouldn't say prove a client wrong it's advising them just by look if you just do it slightly different this is what you can actually do in the long run and save you money and we can take you from the start to the finish and hopefully it is as smooth as transaction as possible. So I think my satisfaction is the advice. And like Andrew said, it's the tangible asset when you can actually see the end product, which is quite a nice nice feeling, I think. But yeah, the advice I think um, is, I think what gives me the biggest satisfaction where you can actually um, um, just help a client, tweak something slightly different and then look, it it makes more sense to do that way so and that's where we add value to our clients so
0: so just to summarize tom what do you think um is the most important for uh brokerages to recruit new people uh, or next generation
2: younger people in the industry what do brokerages need to provide i think first and foremost brokers need a platform they need um an actual good proving track record, brand recognition within the industry to be able to bring new recruits on board and be able to demonstrate them, let's just say, give them a work experience day or something like that, just to be able to, this is what we do, this is how exciting it gets, this is how active everyone is and how passionate they are with actually advising and helping their different clients um, moving forward. I also think uh, a big factor in attracting new recruits is the team ethos. I think if everyone's got that willingness to actually help each other within the actual company and push everyone forward, then I believe that that will attract um, and help um, um, produce good career paths for um, new, the new generation, I believe.
0: Yeah, great. And Norman, uh, just to summarise on the NACFB, why do you think it's a growing brand and why do you think businesses like Ark Co, other brokerages out there, want to be
1: part of it? I think for a lot of things we've talked about today, I think it's incredibly exciting. Um, I think that no day is the same. Um, we are, from a UK nation, very entrepreneurial, but our, our members seem to lead the way on that side of things. I think people are very, despite the challenges through the economy over the last year or two, um, that what I've found is that our brokers are very resilient. They want to help more and more SMEs. Why people want to to join us is because um, they can see opportunities on how to help, how to earn a good living, but also how to support um, people that are not getting funding. Um, One of the the drivers for the NACFB is to continue to promote the brand name through our funders, through our members. Some of the things you were talking with, Tom, you know, the, the NSFB would love to be able to collaborate more. Um, any new people that join the brokerages, we would be more than happy to, for them to share a bit of time in our head office um, so they get a wider perspective of the market, can see a whole range of funders, um, look at some of the challenges around there, even perhaps join Graham or I and some of the meetings that we have with the British Business Bank to just grow that depth of depth of knowledge um, but we are attracting a, a, a lot new, more people now. Um, our process for onboarding has, has, has increased as well. So we're, we're not just uh, um, you know taking anybody, there's quite strict criteria people are to gonna to go through. But I think people want to join us because that, that there is that sort of family feeling. They, they do believe there are a number of, of good brokerages and a number of good funders out there that wanna support and help grow and grow that market. When I look at the amount of business that's being written across the NSCFB last year, at conservatively, at least 15 billion. Um, you know, that's quite a, a high figure when you look at a percentage of lend to the SME market. And that is just through just over a thousand plus membership firms. There's a huge opportunity out there. My role together with the board and uh, my CEO is to make sure that the brand awareness is, is at a higher level. When we hear the term access to finance, We want the politicians and everybody else to think of the NACFB and the role that our experienced brokers can make in terms of helping the SME make the right choices and get that funding that's required for the UK economy. Yeah, I completely agree,
0: Norman. And just to summarise with it, you know, why are we part of the NACFB? It is a kite, uh, Mark. It is a standard. But I also think it's a commitment to the long-term development of our business, but also the industry. And I think with the support of the NACFB, it helps us give that credibility and gives us the best platform to move on to that next level. So I wanna say thank you very much for everything you're doing. Thank you, Andrew.
1: And you know, just to sort of conclude on that matter, from our perspective, you know, we want the NACFB to be that kite mark. And the best way to demonstrate that is that from our perspective, if a member is in front of their SME, they should be handing over their business card. And Tom would be saying, I'm part of and Co that is fully regulated by um, the FCA. Uh, we've been in business for a number of years, but we're also part of the NACFB, which is independent trade body, and we are governed by their code of practice. So in the unlikely event that you find our service is not up to scratch and we can't resolve that at a broker level, then you're more than welcome to approach our trade body um, who will investigate that complaint as well. And we're very proud to be part of that that trade body, along with a number of other funders. So that sits quite nicely, I think, what you talked about there, uh, Andrew.
0: Absolutely. Thank you
1: again for your time today. My pleasure. Tom, uh, it's great having you here, and
0: you've been uh, excellent last year and a half at Ark & Co. And uh, let's move on together. Absolutely. Continue that ethos and uh, support each other. Thank you very
1: much. Lovely, thank you, Andrew. Thank you very much.